Some of the Pharisees asked, Why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Jesus answered them, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God, and taking the consecrated bread, he ate what is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. On another Sabbath, he went into the synagogue and was teaching, and a man was there whose right hand was shriveled. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew what they were thinking and said to the man with the shriveled hand, Get up and stand in front of everyone. So he got up and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it. He looked around at all of them and then said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was completely restored. But the Pharisees and the teachers of law were furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. What a great uh, blessing to preach and to celebrate birthday on the same day. It's a double blessing for you and it's a double blessing for us. Let me pray for you. Lord, we pray for Danny as he preaches your word. May your spirit rest upon him and anoint him. May your word encourage and sanctify our hearts. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Okay. Wow. Um, thank you. Thank you so, so much. Uh, you know, there are so many people uh, in our congregation who we could be uh, praying for. Let's take this time actually and pray. Will you join me? God, we know there are many people um, who are hurting uh, and uh, who aren't at peace. Uh, there's unknown diagnoses. Uh, there's doctors' exams that we're waiting for. Uh, there's different stresses going on in each of our lives. And in all these things, Lord, uh, we trust that they're in your hands. And so, Lord, yeah, we do think of all those individuals and we pray for them. And we lift them up to you. And Lord, we pray for this time. We pray uh, that we would encounter you, Jesus, that you would meet us, that you would restore us and renew us. Uh, and we pray that you would use these words uh, to do that. We pray all these things in Jesus' strong name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Meeting Jesus, stories of healing and transformation. Uh, that's our sermon series title uh, for this fall. And so we've been diving into a portion of the Gospel of Luke uh, just to see with new eyes how Jesus comes into our brokenness to heal us, include us, and commission us to experience life as a new kind of belonging. And we've been specifically looking at Jesus' journey around Galilee, where he came into contact uh, with many broken people and many people who were excluded. And in Jesus, they found healing. They found restoration. They found deliverance. 
And so our, our prayer as a pastoral team and CLT and as a church is that as we walk together, that the Holy Spirit would lead us to become a congregation that admits with humility its imperfections and to bring with faith its brokenness to Jesus. And so two weeks ago, David preached a, a beautiful message about a new kind of belonging given by true freedom in Christ. And Susanna preached us last Sunday about new wineskins and Christ being with us when we're at work and rest and Christ's desire to pour God's love over us. And now for our time together today, we're going to be looking at meeting Jesus on the Sabbath. Now, that's a fitting topic for me to talk about because it's probably the busiest month of the year in student ministry in September. And so... I'm probably not the person to tell you about taking Sabbath rest. <laughs> well, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. So, uh, but in order to talk about Sabbath, we need to talk about time. Why? Well, because time is, is important, right? There are 60 seconds in a minute, 60 minutes in an hour. There's 24 hours in a day. There's seven days in a week. There's 52 weeks in a year. Time is limited, there's only so much time that we have, right? And we all know the phrases, right? Time is money. I wish I had more time. The present is a gift. That's why it's called the present. And maximizing one's time is a core value in our culture. For example, some of you may listen to podcasts on times and a half speed. Some of you are exceptional and you do two times speed. Others of you, you manage to exercise and read a book. I can't do it. Jenna somehow manages to do that and be pregnant. How in the world? <laughs> Some of us work two jobs without ever letting an employ both employees know, and we balance that out in our schedules. And why do we do this? I mean, I think it's so that we can have more free time one day, right? <laughs> or so that we can be better people, we can be better educated, we can be fitter, we can have more money, we can achieve more, and get more done with our time. Now, my inner critic never wants to be viewed as lazy. Oof, that hurts. But often though, getting stuff done faster just gives me more space or an excuse to do more, right? We just keep on adding to it. Consider this, John Mark Cromer, a pastor in Portland, writes that in 1967, a subcommittee of the US Senate suggested suggested that the average American would work only 22 hours a week for 27 weeks a year by 1985. Okay, maybe I need to move back to the U.S. No, just kidding. Americans are one of the most overworked people, right? That hasn't happened, right? And they thought that we would have this technology that would enable us to get more done, freeing us to relax and enjoy our time more. And so the core value of our culture we can see is that maximizing your time and going fast, it's relentless, right? It's built into the ways we live. Think instant messaging, fast food restaurants, Amazon Prime delivery on the same day, drive-through, or our transportation systems. Though every Tuesday when I'm on Highway 1, I don't think that speed was factored into going. <laughs> going fast is built into the ways that we live. And so naturally there are more scholars and psychologists and even theologians who are looking at the relationship that we have in living life and time. 
And this may not come as a surprise to many of you, but the speed at which a person lives their life can impact a person's anxiety levels. It can worsen a person's mental health. Living at a frenetic or, can I say, hurried pace often, if not always, negatively impacts our emotional, our physical, our mental, our spiritual, and community well-being. And the constant pressure to achieve more and move at ever faster rates, it's a sign of my brokenness, of our brokenness, and our society's brokenness as a whole community. It's a problem that we're all facing. And so meeting Jesus and finding new belonging in Christ is hard when life is going oh so fast. Where do we meet Jesus in all of this? And in Luke's gospel today, our encounter is with Jesus, the Lord of the Sabbath. Now the Sabbath was the seventh day of each week. It was a a sacred festival day set apart on which the Israelites were required to abstain from all work. The Sabbath day was um, given to the Israelites to point them back to the creation narrative, right? Where God rested on the seventh day. And it was instituted in Exodus 20 as part of the Ten Commandments. It was a fundamental part of, of being Jewish or of having a Jewish faith. It was the way they identified themselves compared to all the other nations was that they took one day to not work. And so in verse 1 we read that Jesus and his disciples were picking, and ru- picking, rubbing, and eating the grain heads in the field. Now according to the Pharisees, Jesus and his disciples were essentially committing a sin by doing these actions because they were working. And this question then results uh, in a or their response to, his, uh, to Jesus and his disciples doing this results in a question in the form of a critique, right? And now remember that the Pharisees were Israelite teachers who were deeply committed to following the Torah or to following the Old Testament or the law. So they say to Jesus in verse 2, why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Or put another way, why aren't you living out your faith? Why are you misusing your time? And Jesus responds with the story, as he so often does. He references King David and his companions and how they entered the the temple and ate the consecrated bread that was just for the priests because they were in desperate need. But this, of course, was against God's general instructions about bread in the temple, which was meant to be consumed only by the priests. But here, Jesus is implying that because life was at stake, restoration and sustenance were more important than the law, which reveals something really significant about the heart of God to us. The King David narrative reveals to us that God's intention has always been to give life, to restore life, and to enable his people to flourish. And so the point of the Sabbath then is to keep life sacred and to restore a person. It's not about the maintenance of a rule. It's about God keeping and restoring. It's about finding rest in God. Which is why Jesus ends his response to the Pharisees by declaring that the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. We'll share more about that later. Our second scene in this passage is also set on a Sabbath. And this time, Jesus and his disciples and the Pharisees are together in the synagogue, which which is a local uh, meeting place for the Jewish people to come and worship and to fellowship together and to learn about God or to learn about the law. 
And we read that by now the Pharisees are actively looking for a reason to accuse and attack Jesus. They're waiting for him to slip up with a statement or an action. We read in verse 8 that Jesus invites a man up whose right hand is shriveled and is in need of healing. And he asks this question in verse 9 to all those who are gathered, knowing that the Pharisees are watching and listening. And he says this, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath? To do good or to do evil? To save life or to destroy it? And there's a pause. And silence follows. Nobody responds to him. And he looked around at them all and then said to the man, stretch out your hand. And the man does so and his hand is completely restored. And so Jesus provides an answer which affirms the previous story that he just shared about King David, which that story was implying to us. The point of the Sabbath is to keep life sacred and to restore. It's not about the maintenance of a rule. It's about God keeping and restoring life. This is what our God cares about the most. He cares about us, which is why in John 10, Jesus said that I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And so to flesh this out for us this morning, I just want to provide two implications about meeting Jesus as Lord of the Sabbath. The first implication is that if Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath, keeping an understanding and practice of Sabbath is something that we're called to do as individuals and community. Let me say that again. If Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath, then keeping an understanding and practice of Sabbath is something that we are called to do as individuals and a community. Now, the image of Jesus as the Son of Man and Lord of the Sabbath at first seems like a bit of a paradox because the title Son of Man um, had a connotation of, of weakness, of mortality. It was a way of Jesus uh, identifying himself with humanity, while Lord indicates the opposite. It's about power. It's about authority. It's about lordship. But this is Jesus, right? Jesus, in a way that only he can, holds it all together. Jesus holds humility, humanity, and mortality together with lordship, divinity, and resurrected life. He is both the one who identifies with our humanity and mortality and also the king, the divine king, who offers us solution beyond the grave. And because he is both Lord of the Sabbath and Son of Man, he is able to show us not only God, but also what God's heart is for us. And part of God's heart for us is to rest, to be restored, to Sabbath. I don't know about you, but this year had been tiring. God offers us a chance to rest, to be restored. So what is Sabbath meant to look like practically in 2022? Ooh, dangerous ground now we're on. So, Rich Villadas, who's a Puerto Rican pastor in New York City, describes his family's Sabbath in this way. It means his family taking 24 hours where he and his wife disengage from all paid work. They spend time as a family, they share a meal with family and friends, they nap, read, play sports, go around New York City, check out the sights. 
And they do this from 6 p.m. on Friday to 6 p.m. on Saturday. That's just one example. Maybe practicing Sabbath for you looks like spending a day gardening, watching the NFL, going on a hike, Netflix, or reading. Perhaps your service also will incorporate attending a service, times for silent prayer, worship, connecting with some fellow believers or connecting with loved ones. Now, I know that for some of you, this may sound idealistic. You just have too many good things going on in your life to shut it down. Yeah, I know. I got it. I, I feel you. And for some people, you literally have to work seven days a week to provide enough for your families. That's a reality. But the practice of Sabbath is that it is meant to be a day or even a time slot when you intentionally take time to rest, to not work, and be with God. And I believe that you can live a full life, and you can live a busy life, and you can still practice Sabbath. As Felipe reminded me this week, keeping Sabbath is a discipline. And just like the discipline of prayer, fasting, and being in community, it takes work. It takes us getting, working together to help one another to keep the practice of Sabbath. You know, I mentioned earlier that the postmodern world that we live in isn't structured or encouraging of a Sabbath. Not keeping a Sabbath likely won't get you in trouble with anyone anymore. For instance, if I said I wasn't praying, most of you would be shocked. But if I say I'm not taking a Sabbath, most would be like, oh, that's too bad. Yeah, me neither, right? It's busy, right? Life is just too full. We can't afford to do that. It's so countercultural to rest and trust that God has got it all. To acknowledge our limitations and to refrain from working. And Rich Villadas names the reality that it takes intentionality to set aside time to be present with God to be present with family and friends and with creation. And in a society that is driven by speed, productivity, and where no day is given any more regard than another, we face a difficult challenge to meet Jesus as Lord of the Sabbath. But consider the story of the Israelites in Egypt back in the Old Testament. They grew as a nation under an emperor who worked them seven days a week worked them seven days a week because he was most concerned about making a name for himself and making a name for Egypt. And what does God do? He frees them from that. He liberates them from it. And then he tells them, you're going to take one day off every week. What a beautiful story. And based in Hebrews 4, this calling to remember the rest of God, the Sabbath rest of God, is something that we, as God's people, are still tasked with. We need to Sabbath because we need to be reminded weekly that we have limitations, that we can't do it all, that it doesn't depend on us. You know, it's, it's a hard word, and I could go on for a while about it, but I must confess, as you guys have already picked up on, uh, I am not good at taking a Sabbath. I really struggle to, um, to discipline myself and to live within my limitations. Actually, I hate limitations. Uh, but this year, uh, I've faced so many uh, and been forced to rest and forced to stop. And it's challenging, right? And even sometimes we, we try to take time and we, I know it's good to set my phone aside. I know it's good. 
man, it dings, and my mom wants to talk, and it just comes back up. That's why we need each other, right? To help one another to keep Sabbath, actually. To encourage each other to keep Sabbath. I spoke with a congregant the other day uh, who told me that her company has moved to a four-day work week. Here we go now. Sounds an amazing idea. Perhaps it's a sign that our society is recognizing that we're all just trying to go too fast. But when I was reflecting, I wondered, if I had a four-day work week, would that actually help me in practicing a Sabbath? Or does it need to be about something more? And that leads me to my second implication for this morning, and that's this. The Sabbath is a day set aside to meet with Jesus. In other words, following a rule or a guideline for living simply isn't enough. We could take a a three-month vacation every year and still not truly have Sabbath. We could be retired and still not be enjoying Sabbath rest. Because the point of the Sabbath isn't about enjoying the beach or sleeping lots, though I love my sleep, or having fun. No, the point of the Sabbath is for us to be restored by God and to find rest in Jesus to remember that he is the one who holds all things together, even when everything seems to be falling apart or we feel like we're getting behind or we can't keep up. The purpose of the Sabbath is so that humans can rest and meet with God. They can pause from their life activities and focus their gaze once again on he who is ultimately in control and who gives joy. The point of the Sabbath, as King David and his companions showed us, is so that life can be restored. Jesus shows this even more clearly by healing the man's hand. And Jesus' question to the Pharisees reveals to us God's intention for the Sabbath, which is to do good and to save life. That is what God is in the business of doing. And so the point of the Sabbath for us, then, in the midst of our frantic lives, is to meet anew with God. It's clear from our story in Luke 6 that the Pharisees weren't paying attention. They had the Lord directly in front of them, and yet they were unable to meet with him. They were keeping Sabbath. They were committed to following the Old Testament. In fact, they were so committed to it, they added to it. But the problem was was that in going beyond the law, they actually deprived themselves of the purpose of it. They didn't practice the Sabbath, really. They didn't see that the purpose of the Sabbath was to rest and to meet with God. They were blinded by their own rules and influence that after seeing a man's hand healed, they're angry rather than thankful. They couldn't rejoice at the renewal and restoration the man experienced. And similar to our own addictions to work more, to control and achieve more, The Pharisees show us how easy it is to make it all about us. And that it's possible to keep the Sabbath and not actually meet Jesus. As Jesus says in Matthew 12, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Friends, if we're overly focused on the sacrifice and the rules and not the grace and mercy that is extended to every one of us, we can miss out on meeting Jesus. Jesus Jesus desires life and not death. Healing and not disease. Relationship and not isolation. Dependence 
and not self-sufficiency. The purpose of the Sabbath is so that humans can meet with and find rest in God. The Sabbath points us back to the creation, to the beginning of creation, where God and humans lived together, and there was this dependence and relationship with God. It's why Jesus says in John 5 that his Father is always working, and therefore he too must work. The Father and the Son and Lord of the Sabbath are always working because they want us to understand that you don't have to. You can rest. The wonderful news of the gospel is that our accomplishments and work don't save us. They don't save us. It doesn't all depend on us. Rather, Jesus shows us that at the heart of God is for us to rest and meet with him. And it's why Jesus who makes it, oh, sorry. And it's Jesus who makes it so that we can find true rest in God's goodness, so that we can rest in God's control so that we can rest in the hope that the future is held in God's hands and that we, his people, will one day experience a Sabbath rest that will last for eternity. Amen. You've been listening to the First Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. For more sermons and information about our church's services and programs, please visit firstbc.org.